And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, you, my friend, look ready to go sleepy buys. I am very tired, Durango Canyon Matthews, at the DC Matthews. I am tired. It's been a week. It's been fine. I'm just busy running around doing stuff and um, just tired at this point. Have you picked up any new jobs since we last spoke? Not exactly. Not exactly. That means, yes, you did something. What did you agree to now? Well, I'm probably going to be doing some like honors credit conversion stuff for my course that I'm doing. Okay. And that means like giving extra assignments and stuff. Was that by choice or are, did they spring this on you at the last minute? It was sort of sprung on me at the last minute in that it wasn't on my radar. Um, but like nobody really sprung it on me other than the students who were like, hey, do you offer honors conversion for the course? And I said, oh, um, I hadn't thought about that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Not you got me on the spot. I will say like, um, so I've been involved in this course in my previous life, you know, back when I was a grad student and there was an honors section of the course at that time. And they did, they had like a, I think a discussion, maybe a different textbook. So I think probably different lectures at a different lab. Um, I don't know if I'd be interested in doing any of that, but I could see bringing back the different lab and like having that be part of it because at this point I've got well over 20 people that want to do this. And like back in the day, like the honor section was like 14 people. Cause that was really what a biochem lab maxes out at. And um, yeah, I don't like, I don't know why they got rid of it. Was It was, I assumed because demand wasn't there in some way somehow, but um, it seems like demand is back, and maybe once these students actually go through a semester with me, they'll realize, oh, maybe we don't want to do this. But, you know, right now they're willing to roll the dice, I think, because I'm a unknown commodity. Sure. Now, you and I met because of the honors program, technically. Yeah, technically. Did you stay with the honors program no. throughout? Okay. I no. didn't either. I was doing all right. And back in the day, it was a lot of converting courses. There weren't a lot of just straight up honors sections available. So it was always like you were cutting a deal with the professor for like how you were going to earn this honors credit. And I remember I was good through like the second half of my sophomore year, but I had an organic chemistry professor that assigned me three 15 page papers for the honors credit. And I was just like, yeah, I'm fucking never doing this again. And I dropped out of the program after that. Yeah, I went through. I taught my sophomore year. I taught kind of that freshman honors experience course. Yeah, which, which was fun. And then I think I took a course to like train other ones and 
fell out of love with that. And so by junior year, I was done. But by junior year, I had gotten into, you know, what would be my grad school kind of an integrated program. So I didn't need honors anymore. I mean, the thing I figured was I was on track to like graduate with like actual honors, like come loud or or whatever it's called, you know? So like I, I was like, do I really need this, this side stamp in the corner of my diploma that says I, I fulfilled the obligations of the quote unquote honors program. It just seemed like a bunch of hoops for no tangible benefit. Uh, at least that was my cost benefit analysis after writing those 15 page papers on organic chemistry. Yeah. It, it seems to me like I didn't understand the purpose, you know, I, and granted being in the education field is probably a little bit different, but I didn't think anyone was going to ask, oh, how come you didn't graduate with honors? So. Yeah. And like, again, I, I just I remember like, I was like, I can still say I graduated with honors. So why the hell would I? Everybody can say. <laughs> oh, sure. Right. I just, uh, I was never, I still am honestly sort of, and maybe I should spend some time talking with that office because I am you know, personally somewhat unclear what is the actual benefit, like the tangible benefit to fulfilling the obligations of that program. I'm not, I'm not really sure what it is, I guess. I'm sure someone could give me an earful, but I, I don't offhand. I don't know. A private earful? Maybe, maybe very public, depending on how much they wanted to, you know, um, humiliate me, but we'll, we'll see. Speaking of humiliation. Speaking of humiliating people. (laughs) Uh, How was your weekend of wrestling? Did you watch any? Any, Wrestling was great this weekend. Are you kidding uh, me? Any pieces of interest you would like to discuss that may have happened in the last 96 hours or so? I think there's a a huge story that we have to talk about coming out of AEW All Out. Like, let's just, it's obvious that we, I mean, I I mean, so to talk about this, I think we should start a little earlier in the night. Yeah. Um, so early match, there was a casino ladder match. Yes. And, you know, that match was going on for a little bit. Pretty good. Some good action. When just this group of masked men hit the ring and you don't know who they are at first. You know what's going on. They go up the ladder. This was actually sort of really weird. Uh, it, it didn't play that well live, I don't think. But the more I think about it, the more I kind of like it. Uh, they climb up the ladder. They grab the, the big old uh, inflatable poker chip. They come down and the match is over, but like it's still five seconds countdown until the Joker is going to enter this match. Yes. Um, and then the Joker's hits. It's music we haven't heard before. It's the Stones playing. And then out comes someone uh, with this white skull mask and they go down to the ring. They take the poker chip, the bell rings. So clearly whoever this is, mm-hmm. is actually a participant in the match. And so they're awarded uh, this, this this poker chip. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say contract, but I don't really know what it is, to be they honest. Get a fu- they get a future shot. At yeah, the right. It's a money in the bank type of situation. Um, but they get uh, this person in the mask, the skull, this white skull mask goes to remove their mask. And they're like, yeah, not going to do it. And they walk out. And everybody in the crowd, it's, and I hear Manson Mayor, we're like, that... That doesn't seem like a very good payoff, like at all. Like, why did they stop this match? This match was good. That was just sort of weird and awkward. And like, we're pretty sure we know who this is because of the mannerisms and stuff. And we're just like, this is really strange way for them to do this. But we're like, ah, maybe it'll pay off later in the night. And sure enough, we have ourselves a 
pretty good uh, pay-per-view overall. And I, I mean, I was going to say a pretty good main event. I think Moxley CM Punk was a pretty good wrestling match. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and of course, at the end of that match, CM Punk uh, beats Moxley, wins the title, and out comes the man in the white skull mask who yep. does rip it off. And lo and behold, as suspected, MJF, DC. Yeah. MJF has returned yeah. to AEW. And th- yes, that is the big news of the week in terms of your, your, your in wrestling news. Like, that's I, a huge story. It's a MJF huge story. Is back. And I liked how they did the reveal on the, I'm going to call it a Titantron because yeah. that's what we call it. Uh, with a voicemail, and then, you know, he says something, his back is to the camera, and he puts the scarf. I was like, this is excellent. Yeah. This is very well done. As someone who does not watch AEW, I was like, I am in on MJF. They handled this beautifully. I don't care. Work, shoot, work, shoot, whatever. That was a great return. I had one complaint. What's that? The masked people who come out. Yeah. Why wasn't one of them James Ellsworth? Because if somebody is going to come out and climb up the ladder and get a contractor briefcase to give to someone else, James Ellsworth is that guy. Carmella won the briefcase because of James Ellsworth. I wanted James Ellsworth. It's the only time we ever see him. We never see him again. Just for that one moment. He's there. Big cast was there. Yeah, I think they tend to 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 shy away from hiring pedophiles back. But, y- you know, I mean, outside of that. I don't know. I think it would have been good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but, yeah, it was a huge story. It was a big deal. And, um, I mean, let's just be honest here. If we're staying in the realm of kayfabe for a moment. Yes. That's the big story of the week. Like, that's it. And I think they did it very well. I look forward to seeing where that goes. And in some ways, I'm even more looking forward to see where that goes tonight. Um, because, you know, there may be a very good reason to have another new AEW champion in short order. And if so, MJF. Hey, man, putting somebody into the uh, out of the frying pan into the fire can be a heck of a scenario. Some people can really rise to the occasion. And I think MJF could rise to that occasion. I would like to see that if it comes to that. 100%. I don't know how much you actually want to talk about what became the big story. Yeah. It shouldn't have been the big story. Lots of people have talked about it. I just listened today to the New Age Insiders. Your best friend, Liam Stryker, shared his opinions on the matter. What did that um, what did that lout have to say? Oh, the, I'm sure similar things to what we might say and what many people said in that um, chick magnet punk uh, decided to make it all about him, had a press conference in which he, as far as I know, was not asked any questions about Colt Cabana, but decided to drag him through the mud, insulted Tony Khan, insulted the Young Bucks, insulted Kenny Omega, Insulted. I don't think he insulted Tony Khan in any way. I assumed when he's talking about the lack of leadership and all of that. No, um, I think it's very clear that he, to me anyways, 
Okay. I think he was very clearly talking about the EVPs of AEW and not oh. Tony. Okay. It's I, To me, having watched it, it looked like he was on an okay wavelength with Tony. That was okay. my impression. I did not see the whole thing. I watched him start to talk about Colt Cabana and was like, I, I can't. I just can't. So I, I will freely admit that. So maybe he didn't talk about Tony Khan. Uh, then apparently there's a fight. Apparently a steel bit a guy. Chairs were thrown. Um, CM Punk got injured either during the match, after the match, or during the fight. Uh, so he's probably going to have to surrender the title if he is not suspended or fired by the end of this. A lot of people have been suspended today. It, it's just chaos. Now, controversy creates cash. So AEW became the thing we're all talking about. We're not talking about Clash at the Castle. We're not talking about oh, we uh, worlds, worlds Collide uh, NXT pay-per-view. We're talking about what happened in AEW and whether or not AEW has any idea what it's doing. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird story. As someone who watched the pay-per-view, as someone who has watched the press conference, and as someone who has more knowledge of CM Punk, or not CM Punk, AEW at this point, what do you think about everything that happened? Um, it's hard to say because I know that Obviously, the thing with MJF, they skirted the line a little bit with wanting to do a work shoot, shirt, shoot work, work yourself into a shoot, brother, <laughs> right? So yeah. there's precedent in the recent past of them doing something like this. And we still don't actually know what the deal was with MJF. Where has he been the last few months? Um, was that real? Was that fake? I don't know. And it doesn't really matter because, as I said leading into this, the big story in kayfabe was his return, right? Yeah. And it's sort of what you're alluding to. I don't know where we are with this CM Punk stuff. Uh, is this real? Is this not? It sure feels real, right? It sure feels real. But when you look at other things like you've got this huge guy who you want to have in your company who, yes, as he said, in his media appearance, CM Punk said he's the first guy who has led them to a $1 million gate at a live event. Like he's important to this company. Um, I've heard, you know, when, when you have a problem with the quarterback, you don't fire the quarterback, you fire the coach usually, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm not so sure that CM Punk is in any real danger here, regardless of what's going on. And it just seems awfully convenient. Wouldn't it be great if everybody hated CM Punk? As I've said on this show before, he does his best work when he's a heel. And he does his best work as a heel when he's blurring the lines of reality. He did this back in the day with WWE and John Cena and taking the belt home. And I know that was all feeling a little more feel-good, anti-hero style stuff at the time. But... I, I, I feel like it's all connected. It, it's par for the course with Punk. And you could sit here and you could tell me he's just a crybaby and he's got a giant, fragile ego. And this is just the real Phil Brooks. And maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if Tony Khan is willing to put up with it, um, there's money to be made here. There's money to be made if he can get him into a ring with Kenny Omega, regardless of this is real or not. I would love to believe, similar to when we talked about this a few weeks ago, I would love to believe 
that this was planned, that they are, this is what is actually separating AEW from WWE is that they are blurring the lines and doing things that make us think it's real when it's not. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. This was not inside of Chicago. This, this arena is technically in a venue out in the suburbs a bit. The security at the venue is provided by the local police department. So despite the fact that the local police department was present at the mm. venue as the hired security, hmm. there is no filed police reports regarding this incident. Interesting. That is a wrinkle that I don't think I have not seen anything online about that. Yep. The original take from Doc Manson here. Uh, yeah. You know, if it's fake, they're doing a very nice job. And you're absolutely right. CM Punk versus Kenny Omega would be fantastic. If you want to put, you know, if FTR is aligned with CM Punk and the Bucks are with Omega. You and you want to believe these two guys really hate each other's fucking guts? Yeah. That's a good wrestling match. Now, maybe they really do hate each other's fucking guts. I've got plenty of people I work with who I wouldn't call my best friend, but we can keep it professional when we have to. Right, DC? We do it every Wednesday. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. That said, like, if this is... I will say, like, on a personal, if this is all 100% real, like, yeah, CM Punk seems like a real douchebag. But at the same time, like, we, like, just based off of the media scrum, he seems like a real piece of work. Um, And a lot of people want to believe that one way or the other. But, you know, the things that he said during that press conference are not untrue. The kinds of things he said about the executive vice presidents being unable to manage a target seems to be true and for them for for kenny omega and the bucks to take such serious offense to those comments to then wait for cm punk to come out of this media um briefing come backstage go back to his own private dressing room and then for them to barge in there all three of them to barge into what is cm punk space he doesn't have a shared locker room to barge in there and to start screaming at him I think only proves his point that they are incapable of being professional managers of talent because that is not how you react. Even when you have somebody like this, how you react, people aren't going to like this. How you react when you have somebody who's difficult to deal with is how Tony Khan acts in public. You do whatever you do. Then you have, you have your sit down, you figure out how you're going to constructively move forward and how you're going to make amends. If amends need to be made. You know what I mean? You you don't go screaming into somebody's room and that which leads to a fist fight, regardless of who punched first. I don't know. Um, so. It's a real interesting story. I think there's douchebags on all side of this. If that if this is real, mm-hmm. um, I don't I'm not giving anybody a free pass here. I don't know what Colt Cabana has done to to be brought up like this again. He's the one part of this. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm I'm curious if nobody really mentioned Colt Cabana. I really ha- don't think I have seen the question that was raised prior to CM Punk starting to ask, go off about it. Yeah. Why did he bring this up? Why was it brought <clears throat> up? So, um, <clears throat> supposedly reporters who were there in the scrum uh, said nobody asked a question. He just started talking about it as if he was tired of being asked questions. And I don't know. 
there seem to be long-term issues between those two. I will say to your to the points that you are making, the only way at this point to get CM Punk to actually be a heel is to do this. You know, they're going to cheer him if he's just an anti-hero. Yeah. They're going to cheer him if he's, you know, going up against MJF or he's going up against Omega just on his own. There's going to be enough people. Having looked at Twitter, now granted I you know, my timeline's fairly well curated, but very few people are on the side of CM Punk right now. They're saying at least he should be suspended, if not fired. Um, you know, I think somebody was being facetious when they tweeted this, but they were, you know, they took their CM Punk lighter that they had been using to light the way for their lives, and now they were just going to start doing drugs. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, so this is, again... It would be a brilliant way to weave reality and kayfabe together if this was the case. And I'd like to believe it. I don't know that I do. I honestly think that it is possible we never see CM Punk in AEW again. Because Tony Khan could come out to start this show and be like, this happened. It was unacceptable. Uh, You know, I gave CM Punk the opportunity to make amends. He chose to just walk away. So he's fired. So he's done. He's, he's no longer employed. And whether or not you give the belt to Moxley, maybe you make Moxley versus MJF the title match because it's the last champion versus the guy who has the poker chip. I don't know how you want to do that. But, you know, because there was rumors that the Bucks were going to quit and Omega was going to quit. And there's a lot of people who were going to walk out on their contracts if Tony Khan didn't do anything. Again, we don't know. I will say, like, when you... Because I'm I'm reading a story about this here now, and so the best speculation that I'm seeing is CM Punk started off talking about Cabana because in the last week, Tony Khan had an interview with Forbes in which he was asked about moving Colt Cabana to the roster of Ring of Honor. And when asked about it, Tony Khan said that Punk had nothing to do with any of the contracts. And that may be why it was fresh on CM Punk's mind. And I will say, because that actually makes part of the media interview make more sense, because at, at some point during that exchange, Tony, sitting next to CM Punk, says, yeah, I should have told them no comment when they asked me that. I'm sorry about that. And CM Punk said, well, I appreciate that. He did. They did acknowledge each other about that. And so that just that again just leaves me down this conspiracy rabbit. And let's face it, it's conspiracies. I have no real reason to believe that this isn't absolutely 100% real, right? It probably is. But Tony Khan just goes out and says something incendiary like that that he probably knows is going to make Phil upset. And he does it the week before their major pay-per-view. Like you know what I mean? It's just if I, is Tony Khan that dumb? And I know a lot of people out there want to say, yeah, he is. They want to say he's a mark and he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know, man. Part of me me thinks he could be very, very fucking smart. And maybe I'm wrong, but Sports Illustrated is saying, and again, take this with a shaker of salt, uh, suspensions for everyone involved. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Pat Buck, whoever that is, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. I don't know if they were part of the fight where they, they were, you know, they were, they were uh, present and there is speculation that they participated in some way in the, in the fracas. 
Punk and Ace Steel will either be among those suspended or will no longer be with the company by the end of Wednesday. So let's 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 just pause here for a second. So there was Kenny Omega, both yeah. the Bucks, another yeah. Buck, a Christopher a guy named Pat Buck. Who I, yeah, Daniels, and which is the weird one. Daniels supposedly is really close with the Bucks. So that explains his involvement. He apparently was there to back them up. Well, and I also think he is a, he's not an EVP, but he's, you know. He's like a trainer sort talent of. Talent development. Or Booker something or something. Like yeah. yeah. Um, but so the thing is there, again, you're going into this guy's private locker room. There's six of you. And you're going there screaming at him if stories are to be believed. And it's just him and this ace fellow. Like, I. I don't know who swung first. I know there all sorts of people have their own different stories about this. But like, again, that is not how you run a company. Those guys should know better. If Christopher Daniels is the head he is, of whatever. He's, he's the head of talent relations. <laughs> right? Like, he should know better. This, is, this just doesn't make any sense across the board in a lot of yeah. ways. I, you know, I... Being the huge Chris, we're both Christopher Daniels fans. We had him in the top 10 of our list. I'm pretty sure, you know, I'd like to believe that he went in there trying to keep the peace and, you know, maybe. And then he saw a steel throw a chair at Nick's head and maybe he got a little more involved. Maybe a steel bit him. I don't know. A steel's always got crazy eyes, but um, yeah, this whole thing is weird. And again, if we, this leads to double or nothing, 2023 and it's punk versus Omega and, you know, however this works out, I'm going to be like, well done. But, you know, and hey, we said this about MJF and we said, you know, maybe it's a work, maybe it's a shoot. They wound up making lemonade out of it because, again, that should be the story. Yeah. The thing but, I also find interesting about all this is. Given everything that we know right now and how things appear from outside perspectives. Don't you think that Cody Rhodes comes out of this looking like the most brilliant man in the fucking world? 100%. It makes him look like, oh, I see exactly where this is going. I am out of here. And maybe there's some truth to that. I mean, maybe he saw the other EVPs also not living up to what they needed to be doing. And he could see the writing on the wall on top of whatever contract negotiations were going sour. And he said, yeah, it's time to take my leave before this really hits the fan. Um, I don't know. It gives a different spin to that. Certainly. If that's, uh, if that's the, if this is, I definitely think so. You know, cause he went out of his way. His, uh, I seem to recall his statement upon leaving was not, you know, I'm going to miss my friends. It was, I wish them all well, like clearly, you know, he was not necessarily on the best of terms with these, uh, you know, with these people. And Cody had always seemed to be like, I'm going to leave WWE and make myself such a big name that when I come back to WWE, I will become world champion. And we have a food delivery off camera here. What do, what do we got today? It's a no bake cheesecake slice. Wow. Last slice, probably leftover from our all out extravaganza this weekend. How are, how was the crew? How was everybody? Everyone was good. We had a nice, good time. Um, yeah. GQ behaved himself? Not really. Not really. What'd he do? Oh, he just had some incendiary comments that he made. About various minority groups? No. 
No. <laughs> about my about about the way that I I talk to my wife. At one point, Did I believe you? he clapped his hands and said, "Bitch, chips," as if to imply that my wife should just fetch him some potato chips, and that is how I would speak to her. No, that you would bastard. Put a, you would put a please in there most of the time. That son of a wow. bitch. Wow. I don't think we're friends you think, anymore. You think you know a guy? Mm-hmm. You should have gone up and hit him like Will Smith for you know insulting your uh, wife's honor. Like CM Punk, I should have swung first. Yeah, yeah. Throw a chair, bit him. Arr. The arsonist would have had your back. He would have been on your team, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, so AEW. No, I. There is a part of me that wants to watch at eight o'clock just to see. I want to see what happens. I don't think I have happens. a way to watch it live, but. Oh, I'm sure you can find it. Put your eye patch on. You'll find a way. Even that's usually after the fact, though. Or just, you know, watch Twitter and they'll tell you what's happening pretty quickly. That's true. Um, you know, WWE did not have a bad weekend either. Uh, not as much excitement. I want know. to watch Walter versus Fella. I was going to say that. I was going to say that is a match very much in line with what you would like. I I was in and out. The problem with evening premiere live events is that I go to bed early and I miss stuff. The problem with events that start at 1 p.m. on a Saturday, we're in the middle of transferring rooms and moving things around and getting all the stuff ready for the weekend. I miss stuff. I didn't watch Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. Oh, no. I did not watch, I did not watch Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Oh, no. Um, you know, I saw the the pre-show match, which was very good. Street Profits and Madcap Moss versus Alpha Academy and Austin Theory. I watched. Uh, what is the Alpha Academy? That sounds like Ch- it should be related to Chad Gable. It is. It's Chad Gable and Otis of Heavy Machinery. What? Why? Yeah, because Otis is now a heel with short hair who doesn't do the caterpillar anymore. And just throws people around and rams his body into them. Does Otis have a wrestling background? I think so. Yeah, I think the the two of them are training part. They like trained, you know, they're friends and trained together. They may even be roommates at this point. I don't know, but um, but yeah, it's it's fun. Oh, that's a team that I think I would like. Yeah, Chad Gable's doing this thing where he goes shoosh to try to get people to shut up, and it's. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It's He's good. always There's, struck me as being that perfect sort of um, distillation of the geeky parts of Kurt Angle. And I think yes. I could get into it. Yes. He is very much that. Mixed a little bit with um, like a wrestling teacher sort of thing. He's not a teacher necessarily. That's Andre Chase in NXT. But, um, but yeah, like he came out at one point to facilitate some sort of debate between Ezekiel and Kevin Owens and he had like a sweater and glasses. Yeah. I think you would like what was happening. I gotta say, man, I know you have your issues with WWE and you might still, but they are I think if you sat down and watched, you would enjoy it more than you thought you would. But yes, uh, Gunther versus Sheamus was fantastic from start to finish. Roman versus Drew was very good. Uh NXT had some good matches as well. So, you know, it was a good weekend for the WWE system. And now they're just sort of quietly 
letting AEW sort of have the news cycle and see what whether they can dig themselves out of this hole or if they can, like you said, make lemonade out of this. Uh, I'm sure you're excited to know that Braun Strowman is back. See, you, you, you kind of had me for a moment. <laughs> that whole Chad Gable Otis And then thing. I ruined it. Then I ruined it. Yeah, I mean, I will say I, I knew that. And I knew that because I watched a gif of, of Braun Strowman running around the ring and tripping. Um which I, I greatly appreciated. Um, but, you know, Raw's got, you've got Alpha Academy. Uh, you've got Dexter Loomis, who I think you would enjoy. He's doing a very nice job. He has yet to speak on Raw. Yeah, and I is, everything I see about Dexter Loomis, I keep thinking I would hate this motherfucker. I don't, nothing about it is vibing with me at the moment. But I'm, again, I'm only, I'm that, only that seeing ca- bits and pieces. So. Did you see the camera angle where, you know, the Miz is trying to escape the cage and they do this very creative camera shot where you go up to the Miz and then you look down and Dexter Loomis is like half under the ring, just kind of staring at him exactly no. where he's climbing. No. There's a moment where, you know, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who is apparently the Miz's buddy at this point, I don't know why that's the case, but, um, you know, the Miz is leaving and because he's afraid of, you know, he's like, I'm not leaving because I'm afraid of Dexter Loomis. I've got stuff to do. I'm a Hollywood star, all of this sort of thing. And so Champ is like, do you want me to come with you? Do you want me to, like, get security? He's like, no, I got it. I'm great on my own. And he gets in his SUV and he pulls out. And as he pulls out, like, there obviously is a flashlight or something underneath. And Dexter Loomis is, like, sitting in the back seat and he's just staring out the window. And, there, you know, it's... I can't call it wrestle spooky, but it is, you know, there is an element that would make probably a very bad B movie horror picture, which I can't say. I think it just strikes me as like, you know how sometimes we think back to like the attitude era and some of like the stalkery things that like, uh, like with Randy Orton going to his house there. What was that? Was that Pillman? Yeah. Like, I, well, that was Pillman and Austin. Then it was Randy and Hunter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm, 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 oh, yes. yes. I get what you're saying. I'm mixing them. I don't know. Just I don't think back to that kind of stuff fondly. And I just feel like that's where this is going. Like sooner sure. or later, Dexter Loomis is going to be outside the business house with Maurice inside. Like, I don't know if he's going to have a gun or not, but like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. It just mm, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure we had that way, but I get where you're coming from. I'm looking, just help me out. Let's go back to AW for just a minute. Explain to me why Christian beat Jungle Boy in 20 seconds. Christian's injured and they had to just do something. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. I was yeah, like, so Luchasaurus came out, destroyed him, and it was over. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Turns out trying to build a program around a 50 year old man prone to concussions not necessarily the greatest not the idea. most reliable thing so was the tag match as good as uh people say which swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed keith lee and shane strickland it was okay okay I've, i i i don't think it was as good as say ftr versus the briscoes that i saw sure but it was what, it was okay what was your match of all out. What was your favorite match of the night? Hmm. We talking Jade Cargill versus Athena. We talking Jericho no. and Danielson. 
I was really impressed with. I oddly enough, the the single person I think I was most impressed with the whole night was John Silver. Uh, he, I, I never, I don't know, like I don't know if I just haven't really seen him wrestle, but like mm-hmm. he, he was real good in that six man match, and like I just don't think I had ever previously appreciated. It, so I think it was partly me being like, "Who is this guy?" Because like I was familiar with him. But like he he was very good in that match. I think that match told a good story. Um, Hangman Page kind of doing the thing where he was yeah. uh, trying to stop them from ganging up on one of the Bucks, whichever one had his 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 back taped. Not the sort of thing you normally see in a match like that. Like you know him preventing his own teammates from sure. from taking advantage of stuff. Like, but it was interesting. I think there was some good there was some good storytelling done in that match. That was definitely a highlight of the night. Um, I think I have to, I, I think I mostly missed the Wardlow FTR match with Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. I think I mostly missed that match, but something tells me that may have been a very good match also. I believe that. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks was, I don't know why that was on this pay-per-view. Like that should not have been there. Sure. Um I think the women's four-way was actually very good also. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on cage match right now looking at the rankings. Jamie and... Hader at one point, like, deadlifted Tony Storm out of, like, a submission hold and went, like, yeah. straight into a tombstone pile driver. And there was some real good stuff in that match. Uh, Hikaru Shida was also excellent in that match. Some real nice fluid stuff that was really, really cool. Um, but, yeah... Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, CM Punk Moxley was pretty good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, House of Black, I know everybody's all up in arms about Malachi. Maybe he's done. Maybe he's not. Whatever. But like House of Black just... I like Al- I liked Aleister Black quite a bit. I liked Tommy N before yeah. that. But Malachi Black and the House of Black just has never clicked for me. And maybe that's sure. because the company's not investing in them or whatever. But I don't know, like, especially for somebody like Malachi, who, like, you hear these stories that, like, he he's very invested in the creative process, and he wants to be involved, and he feels bad, and it's affecting his mental health, the way that things are going and not being used and all that. And I just look at this guy, and I'm like, like, you are, like, half covered in so much makeup that looks like you're a swamp creature, and you've got these big skull things, like... There's all this pomp and circumstance for something that doesn't seem like it's being pushed that much. And it just comes off kind of feeling like, like, I don't know, because it sticks out like a sore thumb. Like it doesn't belong on the show in some way. And it just doesn't click with the rest of the product. And again, I'm predisposed to like wrestle spooky stuff, but it's not spooky enough. Like, and, and I like all three. Buddy Matthews, no relation, is obviously somebody that I've been, I wrote blogs about when we were, before we ever podcasted. Um, Brody King, everything I see about Brody King, I like. His match with Darby Allen, they had a coffin match. It was fantastic. Brody King's really good. Alistair Malachi Black is quite good. Why is Buddy Matthews part of this group? He doesn't fit. He doesn't fit. Uh, he also, like, even with him, with the makeup that he has on and stuff, he doesn't look like he belongs with the other two guys. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, Brody King, sure, can be the muscle behind Dallas to Black. I don't know why Darby Allen isn't part of this group. Darby Allen has a little bit of like a I don't to know. Him. Throw Sting in there for all if for all I care. I don't know why Malachi Black needs muscle. He is the muscle. Yeah. yeah. I know there was another match in which Darby and Sting teamed with Miro, which also seemed very strange. But like, you know, Alistair Black could be a dark Russell spooky character, or he could be, I'm a legit fighter who will hurt you. Yeah. I don't think he's being presented as either of those right now. No, um, not and, really. You know, I wish him all the best. I hope he makes recovery. If it turns out wrestling is not good for his mental health, then maybe he should do something else. Um, but yeah, that, sta- that stable, I thought, should have at least been in the finals of that trios tournament. And like, I will say, like, I, it took me a little bit to say, like, you asked me what my favorite match was. I don't know that I've really given a satisfactory answer to that question. But like, at the same time, just to go down the results here, like, yeah, that first match with Sammy and Tay actually was not a good match. Ruby Soho uh, could not I heard, save that match. I heard that, um, yeah, she got hurt a couple times. Ruby Soho got, like, kicked and land like she was on somebody's back upside down and got like kicked in the chin and Sammy like let her her. go. And she just like landed on her fucking neck. Like it was not good. That whole match was not good. Uh, Hook and Angelo Parker was pretty good. It was interesting. Pack and Kip Sabian was great. I believe Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii was also great. I love Ishii so much. I mean, speaking of someone who's not huge into Eddie Kingston, like, that was a real Haas fight, meat slapping chops, Japanese style. Yeah. Like I enjoyed the hell out of that. The, the, the casino ladder match again, I thought it had a really weird ending that didn't play right. Sure. But the match itself, very good, very entertaining, All that very fast paced. It has to be good. The next match with the elite, um, Ant versus Hangman page and dark order. That's one of my candidates for maybe best thing on the show. Um, Jade Cargill and Athena put on a good match. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't, I don't, Jade just to me is not there yet. I understand what they're trying to do with her. I understand she has a lot of talent and she is pretty good. Like there are a lot of people on that roster who I think maybe are worse, but let's, I mean, the women's division is not the strong suit of AEW right now. Sure. Um, and that's another one of those matches where I'm like, I understand why it's on this show because she is a champion, but it didn't need to be on this show. Um, Wardlow and FTR. I think I kind of missed that match, but something tells me that was good. Powerhouse, Powerhouse Hobbs. Again, that shouldn't have been on the card. The swerve in our glory uh, versus the acclaimed. It was good. Like it was good. I don't think it's like pinnacle tag team stuff, but there was some good stuff in there. Tony storm was great. Um, Christian cage and jungle boy didn't need to be on the show, but at least it was quick. Jericho Daniel Bryan's uh, da- Brian Danielson was not my necessarily my match of the night, but it was a good solid match. The Darby Allen Sting Miro match ultimately was a pretty good match, mm-hmm. um, even though I don't really get it. It was still pretty good. Um, and CM Punk John Moxley was a good match. Like yeah. the whole, like the majority of this card, quite there good. Is, there is no denying the amount of talent that AEW has. They have so much talent, they had to start a second promotion just to give some of them titles. Um, and, uh, yeah, and you know, even Samoa Joe came back at some yeah. point. I don't remember what the hell but, that was. But it's, you know, that's that should be the story. And it's not. Yeah. 
and whether it's a work or if it's a work, then you're you're doing this at the expense of how mad must Maxwell Jacob Friedman have been to have this great all time potentially AEW return and nobody's talking about it. Yeah, um, th- that is too bad. But, uh, you know, like on the other side of it, like you don't see like. um What's that guy's name who runs the UFC? Dana, whatever. White, is it? Yeah. Like, you don't see him going out there and being like, oh, um, I'm going to fire Conor McGregor because he's a dick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they lean into that shit. They lean into a lot of that stuff. Even stuff like, you know, him hurling shit through bus windows and other bullshit that probably would get most athletes suspended or fired. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't... like I. I just I'm just curious what Tony Khan is going for here, because I do think that we could be witnessing an attempt to do something different narratively than what you get in other wrestling products. Um, Yeah. Whether or not it's a good choice. I don't know. You're right. I don't think you would do what you did with MJF. If this other thing was your plan, that doesn't make any sense. No. You don't have him revealed. Maybe he comes out and he's staring at CM Punk, doesn't take the mask off. So he still looks like the demon slash world's greatest magic guy. Um, And then he, you know, then Punk goes out and maybe that's what leads into him complaining. Like, now I've got this guy. I don't know who it is. Oh, by the way, Colt Cabana sucks and the EVP suck and everybody else sucks. And then you open tonight's show with the Joker coming out. And then he takes the mask off and it's MJF and he goes, this is why you're the problem. Yeah. You know, that to me would make more sense, but again, maybe they're choosing to do it differently. That you don't know. That actually could be the story tonight. The last major program MJF was in was with with CM Punk. Yeah. And what was it about? It was about how this guy is a snake and he's going to turn on you and he's self-serving and bullshit. He'd come back and be like, listen, I win. This is exactly what I told you was going to happen with CM Punk. That this could be the start of a brilliant storyline. Yeah. I'm not saying it is. I hope so. I, I hope so. Because I want AEW to be good. And if this is real, then this to me makes me go, okay, so in two or three years, when this completely falls apart, um, yeah. And again, I, I understand this not maybe is not something to praise or to like ultimately, but we just spent 46 minutes talking about AEW. And we spent 30 seconds saying, I want to watch Walter versus fella. You, you know, like it was a good, there were some good matches. I would watch Carmelo versus Ricochet, uh, Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bray. Carmella versus Car- Ricochet? Carmelo Hayes oh, versus less Ricochet. In, I'm less interested in that. Hey, you told me Carmella was having uh, an interspecies match with Ricochet. Species. Yeah, whatever you call it. Gender? They're called, <laughs> yeah, they're the called gender science teacher. They're called gender. <laughs> Look, I do biology, uh, not social science. Uh, I don't yeah. understand gender. I understand sex. <laughs> gender is a social construct. There's the episode title. <laughs> I understand sex. <laughs> uh, let's get to the emails because we did. We talked a lot about wrestling. We've been talking more and more about wrestling lately. Can only be a good thing. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. I count four emails. The first one from our good buddy, mate, Nate. The subject, as always, is subject. Good evening, friends. After stellar weekend of wrestling, I'm mildly excited for the future of wrestling, at least for now. Three good shows and many really good wrestling matches throughout Doc. 
If you watch one match from WWE for the rest of your time as a wrestling fan, <laughs> I'd highly recommend it be Walter versus Sheamus. And after it was a good all out, it's all getting overshadowed by CM Punk and his ego. Crazy how some people can think that the world revolves around them. You'll see no consequences, though, which is the sad thing. What we'll kind of owner that. would you be if you owned a company that doesn't have to be a wrestling company? DC, have you ever had to deal with any crazy parents? Doc, where would you rank the Blair Witch Project in your horror rankings? Do you like the Babadook? Am I crazy for not liking it? Have a wonderful night, my fantastic friends. Sent from Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, if I owned a company, I would be uh, a lazy owner. I mean, if I could just own a company, I would probably own Amazon and I would just make the hundred million thousand dollars a second and I'd quit after like a day and be rich for the rest of my life. Yeah. But if that's not like we're not picking just a company and I probably would pick Apple. Let's be realistic here. But um, anyways, I, I, yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry, I cut you off there. Uh, I got you know, excited. I, I don't know what company I would if I had to start a company <laughs> right now. I don't want to. I have no business acumen at all. Um, Let's pretend you've got an acumen guy, though. Oh. You just you just got the idea. Uh, some sort of educational consulting. Um, there is not enough uh, emphasis put on classroom management. It's never really taught in you know that sort of thing. So some sort of educational consulting company around behavior management. But I would I would definitely need a business acumen guy because I ain't got it. Um, and yeah, I think I would be a lazy owner, especially if I'm owning a big company, you know, if I'm, if I'm owning, you know, meta, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what you are, but I'll own you. So sure. And all of that sort of thing. What would, what company would you start right now? I think I'd like to start like a small, low budget horror yeah. movie style, like studio, yeah. like, you know, a real bottom of the barrel, full moon entertainment style garbage cinema. And maybe we can make some money off some movies and maybe get a little better uh, over time. That would but be fun. Yeah, I think something like that. I always enjoy when we have these ideas, the wistful smile that you get when you talk about some of these things. You're like, oh man, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be to great just if make, I liked to just my life to just what I did? Just make, I, are you happier now than you were a month ago when you did not have this job? Ask me in the spring. <laughs> okay. He's my, too busy. my enjoyment right now is confounded by the fact that I'm still doing yes. much of my old sure. job. So. Sure. Okay. We'll check in, in our, around our birthdays. Yeah. On your 40th birthday, I will ask, ask you. Ask me in December. I'll probably be like, oh, I am good. On your, I'll ask you on your 40th birthday if you're happier than you were on your 39th birthday. That'll be a good one. I'll be like, no, I'm 40. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, DC, have you ever? Yes. And, you know, crazy, crazy parents is a rough term. I have dealt with very stressed parents. Um, I have dealt with very uneducated parents. I have dealt with parents who are going through uh, divorce or illness or something. And, you know, there's a lot of times that parents who are feeling out of control lash out at the things they can control. And being a public service worker, I can't fight back. So, you know, it's easy to tell me I'm doing something wrong, um, whether or not I am. Um, but having said all of that, yes. Oh God. Yes. I have dealt with some parents who, you know, stayed too long at the fair and are a little, yeah, they're a little wackadoo. 
for various reasons. I won't go into specifics because it's not, you know, not necessarily yeah. an appropriate yeah. thing. But yes, yes, they're a crazy pair. Blair Witch. Uh, Blair Witch, I think, ranks pretty highly, but based mostly off the fact that it was it came out at the perfect time. And mind you, I saw it in the theater in 1999 when it was a thing. And it blurred. It, you have to remember, it, it straddled this line. The internet was a thing, but it wasn't a widely available thing. And it was marketed as this real found footage. And a lot of people bought it and said, I heard this really happened. And like for, for that found footage style genre, which, yes, had been done before this, but never as mainstream and for it to have been so low budget and to have gotten such wide release. And I, I love the idea of the film. I love the spooky supernaturalness of it in the background and how it stays in the background for the whole film. Like there's a lot I love about it. I love the setup. I love the way it was delivered. Um, but I also think it's fondly remembered because it brought, it kicked off a, a, res, a I don't want to say resurgence, even a, res, a surgence in found footage. Uh, so its legacy, I think, is maybe more important uh, than the film itself. Certainly, rewatching the film now, there's just a lot of bickering. You don't see a whole lot, and the ending. I like the ending, but I understand people's complaints who are like, "I watched all this, and I, that's it." Um, so like. I don't know. I think it's a polarizing film. I I appreciate it. I think if I were to watch it, I would still say that I liked it. Um, but again, I think it stands stronger on the strengths of what it is than any of its content. Um, what about as for the Babadook, Babadook, I think that is a fantastic film in terms of its themes. I like the design of the monster, and I think there's a lot of really good stuff in it the child actor in it is practically unwatchable though. Um, so I, again, that's one of those films that I really, I really appreciate a lot about it, but it's, I, I, I don't think I would ever rewatch it as a result of that child actor. Um, that's my main problem with the film. So no, I don't think you're crazy for not liking it. I think it's very highly regarded again because of themes and things. Um, but I think most people will agree that it's at times anyways, a difficult watch. So, well, all right. Yeah, there we go. Nate, thank you for your questions. Uh, Glenn, bestest of all besties. Thank you once again. Hi guys, such a busy and interesting weekend in the world of predetermined fights of people in Lycra. I guess you've been talked about it before now. So I won't get into all again. Just another huge thank you to the pair of you for helping me get to the, probably my last arena show. It was a great experience, especially meeting up with Simon and Che. But I'm calling it a day on such big shows as I kept telling Simon constantly. And I'm sorry for that. I'm getting too old for this. Glenn. The picture of Glenn and Simon and Che was I, I do want to see some sort of trio buddy cop movie. Glenn, you know, was smiling and looked happy to be there, but he also looked like he was very out of place and just wanted to go home, have a cup of tea and take a nap. So, <laughs> and as that is my spirit animal, I totally recognize that very, very much. Uh, Glenn, we were delighted uh, that you could go and have that experience one last time. Um, thank you for being the bestest of all besties. Che chimes in with dinner time. Evening, gents. Bit of a generic one, but if you could have a dinner party with three guests, dead or alive, who would it be and why? All the best, Che. 
I have my answer right away. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Doc Manson. Yes. Bobby Heenan. Oh. Gorilla Monsoon. I'm down. That sounds like a good time. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, I think Doc and I would say very little. And, um, you know, we would just let Bobby and Gino Monsoon catch up and chat and be entertaining and wish, you know, just look and go, if only, if only we could be such so good. What about you? Three guests, dinner party. I don't know. It's such a wide open question. It helps so, to so have difficult. a theme because I immediately went with, okay, I yeah. want a wrestling one. And that popped into my head. So, I mean, since we can invite dead people, I'm assuming that this means that dead folks have a consciousness and that they're coming back in a form that can attend this dinner party, but that they have existed in some form as a ghost or another since the time that they died. Ah, And if that's the case, I think I'd like to have probably a, a dinner party with a polyglot of some sort, because um, they're going to be necessary for my other guests probably Albert Einstein and maybe like someone like the mathematician, like Mobius. What was that guy's name? Uh, the guy who came up with the Mobius continuum. Um, I like how you asked me that. Like I would have any idea what the hell you were talking about. Gushi. Mm, Mobius no. continuum by Gushi translated by S. Kyoyoilu. Mobius strip. Yeah. It's not Bob Mobius. Johan Benedict Johan Benedict August Ferdinand Mobius. Ah, there um, we go. German mathematician, theoretical astronomer. I'd like to talk to them because they've been dead for quite some time. And with minds like those, I can only imagine the mathematics and computations that they have continued to develop in the infinity of death as their consciousness continued thinking and processing about the numbers that they were obsessed with with life. And I'd like to know what answers to the life, the universe, and everything that they've been able to computate in that time. I think that could be a really interesting evening uh, leading to an enlightened future. All you need to know is figure out what were their primary languages and then learn how to say 42 in both of them because <laughs> that's all the conversation is going to be. It's yeah, I guess, I guess Douglas Adams could be there. <laughs> There's your third. Yeah. Uh, uh, Douglas Adams, question, Terry Pratchard, uh, Pr- uh, what's his name? Pritchett. Pritchett. Is he dead or is he alive? Terry Pritchett? Yeah. I thought he was dead, but... Oh, nope. I was wrong. He died in 2015. He is dead. Okay, so Douglas Adams, Terry Pritchett, and um, who else could we go with? Uh, it's too bad Eric Idle is still with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's the alternative. If you want to go, I under, if you don't want to use I Understand Sex as the title of this show, too bad Eric Idle is still with us would be a great one. A little long. But great, yeah, a little long, yeah. Um, Peter Straub, since he just recently announced his passing, let's go with him. All right, our final email of the evening comes from Mrs. Manson. I will remember to read it this time. Shady Scissor Daddy hamburger emoji, dear gentlemen. I know apparently there was drama after Sunday's AEW show, but all I know is that I had a really fun time with a whole bunch of friends on Sunday night. GQ, the arsicist. 
Chell, and even new Wrestle Besties Steve and Steph showed up. You have new Wrestle Besties? New Wrestle Besties. How did you find new Wrestle Besties? Um, Mrs. Manson went to high school uh, with Steve. Um, and he is now dating this other girl. It's been a long time. But this girl is into wrestling, and Steve used to be into wrestling. Mm. And uh, yeah, there was it was a good opportunity to be reacquainted with somebody in person who we have not seen in a long time. Do I know this Steve? Is this this the Steve of? It probably is the Steve that you know. Okay, interesting. Uh, Steve and Seth, well, welcome, Wrestle Besties. Hope you listened to the show. As usual, we had lots of food, including burgers and cheese. Thank you, Rachel. And Oscar, yes, made sure there was love all around. Shout out to everyone who joined and made for a great night. DC, DC, you should join us next time. We don't bite. Okay, maybe Oscar does if you piss him off. And watch out for GQ. He's questionable. Just kidding. Love you, GQ. Scissor me daddy ass. Mrs. M. Scissors emoji. Heart emoji. Well, all right. Well, all right. How, times. Are, how are the burgers and cheese? Great. Very shady. Uh, you told me today that Oscar was coming back from the vet. Everything okay? This regular checkup or? Was- yeah, his annual checkup. He's due for some vaccines as well. And he got, this is one of the years that he's due for a bunch of vaccines, like four or five or something. So we did two today and drew blood for a panel. We'll go back in like four weeks to do got it. the other vaccines. All right. Well, how's how's Oscar? Where's where's our Oscar report? He seems like he's doing all right. All right. Uh, what's your piece of positivity there? Yeah, I mean, we had a good weekend. Rachel came by. We had those burgers. GQ was there. We shared some beers. Uh, the narcissist didn't think he was going to show up, but uh, he because he had some other plans, and but he ended up uh, being free right around nine o'clock. And he said, "You guys still." And we were like, I mean, this thing is going to go on probably past midnight, so feel free to come by. And so he showed up. That was a good time. So, yeah, we had a really fun weekend. I think that was all good. Good stuff. Good, good, good. good I am stuff. glad. I am glad. I am glad. Um, well, let's see. I, as I said, I am, I am in a new location. I have transferred uh, the podcast studio to our dining room. I haven't hit this mic stand once. I'm sitting oh. in a different chair, so I'm I wasn't not paying attention. as much, I don't think. The squeaky yeah, chair's okay. over there. Uh, I was a little worried about the lighting, but it just looks like I'm in like a police interrogation room. And the nicest part, and it will be when I get hungry in future episodes, there's our kitchen right there. I'm, I'm, you know, we have that just a, seems like unnecessary temptation. Oh man, I'm gonna come in, you know, I'm gonna come back and just be munching on like raw udon noodles and. Um, Speaking of which, speaking of which, uh, I am out of all of my goodies from the Asian market. And I mentioned it to Mrs. Matthews, who said she also wanted to get some things from the Asian market. And she was like, we should talk to Doc and Mrs. Manson and either do brunch again or meet for ice cream or something. So we should I like going should, to that place for breakfast. I, um, I will happily go there again. It was a great time. Yeah, and, I, the, I do like and the the ladies got to drink mimosas, so they were pretty happy too. Oh so, yeah! Next time I'm so, gonna get a mimosa. Yeah, so you know, I think we uh, I think we should do brunch at some point in the near future because it would be nice to to see you up close and be able to touch your beautiful beautiful pristine face, especially Thanks. when you're making that that face. Yeah, 
Love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I'm enjoying my little space here. It took us a while to get moved in, but, you know, I've got the slider here. I can go out on the patio if I want to. I've got my TV set up here. You know, feels it feels good. Are you just going to be sitting there in your kitchen from now on, like watching wrestling on your laptop or whatever, instead of doing uh, it in that other room? Or? I have that new room is now totally devoted to arts, crafts, all of that type of stuff. So unless I'm in there just to hide. Yeah, uh, this is my space that we have a curtain that separates like this from the living room. So there's a little bit of privacy. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of separation. But, you know, but I've got a, you know, it's it's pretty cozy. Pretty cozy. Well, I'm glad to hear it. So. I'm enjoying myself. Well, I need to let Doc Manson go so he can figure out how exactly to watch AEW Dynamite. Um, Just get Che to give me that website. I know. Shout out. Che will find this on Friday. You got (laughs) to get in the bestie chat. Somebody, Uh, You get in the bestie chat. I just want to lurk. All right. Hold (laughs) on. Before we go, dear besties, Doc needs a link to be able to sail the high seas and watch dynamite. Glenn or Che, can you help him out? He refuses to type himself as, I just want to lurk, in quotation marks. So, hopefully uh, Doc will be able to see what happens, and we'll find out. Are we being worked, or is this real? Is CM Punk as much of an asshat as we think he is. He probably is. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts right in the air, send us an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can also find all of our back catalog of episodes, wherever it is you find good audio programming like this. Just search for DDT Wrestling. You'll find us. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and doc. It does help us keep the lights on. It keeps this crazy podcast train. Chug a Logan. And who knows if you support us long enough, we will send you to a wrestling show. Maybe, maybe, maybe Uh, he is doc Manson. He deserves all your praise at doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a wonderful week. Stay out of trouble. Cats and kittens until we meet again. My friends, won't you be our bestie?